Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Because Jesus is the Word of God. He's God's logos, right? He's, we could say he's the ology, right? He's the ology. He's the reason why. That's what ology means. So Jesus is the reason why. Christology, that's why. So as we continue to just go through this, I can't believe it's May and we're just um, in Exodus. <laughs> we're just in Exodus, discovering Jesus, right? From cover to cover. Now, obviously, we've been connecting the Old Testament and the New Testament. But as far as reading through the Bible and looking at this together, we are in Exodus. And as we get ready to start that, I have a question. I want you to think about this, okay? Have you ever just marveled at the genius of movie makers or storytellers? Novel writers, storytellers, movie makers. The previews, right? The foreshadowing, the flashbacks, the imagery, the sequels, the prequels, right? How it all just comes together. And then the finale, right? It's, it's amazing to me how stories come together so beautifully when they're so well thought out and planned and written. What's your favorite story or movie? Okay, let's go with movies. Give me some favorite movies. The Matrix. Now that, that takes a while to come together. Okay. <laughs> the Incredibles, okay. I like that one. Star, Star Wars. Now that is more than a movie. That is a saga that has all kinds of foreshadowing and sequels and prequels and imagery and all this. And it takes the whole thing for it to all come together, right? I love Star Wars, all right? What else? Gone with the Wind, all right? That's a saga in one movie, in one sitting. <laughs> Anybody like Lord of the Rings? Okay. Chronicles of Narnia? My favorite, like I love Star Wars and I love the Lord of the Rings and I love Narnia. But my absolute favorite, uh, uh, well, it's not a trilogy anymore. There's four or five of them, is the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I love that, okay? I love that, that story. Um, my absolute favorite movie is Nacho Libre, but that doesn't really go, <laughs> doesn't really go along with, uh, with this. But um, the amazing thing is, you know, well, by the way, guys, those are just stories. You know that, right? Especially all you Star Wars fans. Look at me. Those are just stories. Okay? It's just a movie. Okay? It's just a movie. But... Today, I want to give you, I want to trace something through the story, okay? Let me just tell you a little bit about the Bible. The Bible is composed of 66 books, recorded by over 35 authors. They, they believe it's between 35 and 40 different ones who recorded the story of the Bible, the stories. It's recorded in three languages, right? Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. 
For it all to be recorded, it took over 1,500 years. Okay? Yet it's all really one story. It's just one story. It is the story. The Bible is God's story. It's not just a story like made up like a movie. The Bible is history. It's God's story. It's his story, if you will. It's the story of God's creative and redeeming love from beginning to end. That's what it is. From beginning to end, it's the story of God's heart to live with people, the people he created in his image, and for his pleasure. The whole Bible from beginning to end is that, right? It's the fulfillment, it's the story, the history of the fulfillment of God's loving plan and the common thread throughout the entire Bible from beginning to end is Christ, right? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so far, we've been discovering, right? We've been finding Jesus. We've seen Jesus in creation, the fall, Abel, Noah's Ark, Tower of Babel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the Passover, You can see Jesus as the people of Israel are delivered through the Red Sea. Jesus, the gushing rock in the wilderness. We didn't have a message on this one, but you can see Jesus through the giving of God's perfect law, right? The Ten Commandments. And now we come to the tabernacle, okay? The title of today's message is Tracing the Tabernacle. For that, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. You have it there on the screen. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. So important. What is a tabernacle? Because it's not really a word we use so much in modern English, right? If you go camping, you don't pitch your tabernacle, right? You pitch your tent. Very good. So tabernacle is a tent, okay? A house, a home, a dwelling Better, best word, a residence. A residence, okay, where someone resides or dwells. Heaven is God's space, right? The Bible says, we're going to read it in a second, that God created the heavens and the, the earth, okay? The heavens are more than just the stars and the moon and the sun and the asteroids, right? And who knows what all is out there. The heavens, when you read the word heaven or heavens in the Bible, it's not some faraway place that one day we're all going to go to when we die, right? Heaven is where God dwells. It's God's space. You could say heaven or the heavens are God's realm. And earth is our realm right? Earth is human space. So when you read heaven and earth, don't think 
the earth and then heaven some faraway place. No, no, no. The earth, our space, our realm, and all of the heavens are God's space and God's realm. Now, in the Bible and in Hebrew culture, the tabernacle was meant to be the intersection of heaven and earth. The whole point of the tabernacle was God said, if we can go back to that scripture, uh, Exodus 25, it says, so I can live among them. So heaven and earth can intersect, right? The tabernacle is the intersection of heaven and earth. And the purpose of the tabernacle is what that scripture says. So I can live among them. This is, has always been, and forever will be God's story. This is God's heart. This is God's plan. He made us so that he could live among us, live with us, right? So, you know, we only have about 20 minutes for what I'm about to teach you. So there's no way to really fully develop this. You need to read through your whole Bible, right? That's why we read through the whole Bible every year together, right? But in this limited time we have, we're going to trace the tabernacle throughout God's story, through the Bible. Okay, so ready? The tabernacle is a flashback. It is a foreshadowing, and it is a finale, okay? It is a flashback, it is a foreshadowing, and it is the finale, all right? Let's go with the first one. The tabernacle is a flashback. A flashback to what? A flashback to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did you know Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are actually two different accounts of the same thing? Go back and read your Bible. It doesn't go in order. Genesis 1 is one account. Genesis 2 is another account of the same thing. Okay? And the accounts of creation, the two accounts of creation that we have in Genesis, talk about the heavens and the earth. Now, who can remember... When God created the heavens and the earth, what was the first thing God said? Let there be light, right? Say a la luz, right? Somebody turn on the light, right? Let there be light. What was after that? Very good. Space that separated the waters from heaven and earth. Then? Then? Bear with me. This is important, okay? I'm not just quizzing you. Then? Then? Anybody remember? Land. Okay. Then? Plants. Seeds. Very important. Seeds and plants. Then? Then? Did it go exactly in this order of Genesis 1 or in an order of Genesis 2? Eh, debatable. Doesn't really matter. Okay. Then he named the two big lights, right? Did you guys see the moon last night? Wow. 
That was bright. Then, fish. Then, birds. Then, mammals. Then, mammals and bugs and all the crawly, creepy stuff, right? Then, then, humans. The word Adam means human. It's not just a name, like I named him Adam. No, it means human. My image bearer, that's what it means. Okay? I created all that stuff, but when I made human, Adam, I gave him my image. He bears my image. She bears my image. Okay? Now, that was a lot. But did you notice God built something? He built something. In Genesis 1, and the language you out th use throughout the Old Testament for building the tabernacle are exactly the same language. When God created, when it says in Genesis 1 and 2 how, how God created the heavens and the earth, it's tabernacle language. Come on, say tabernacle language. Now, there's a lot to that, and we don't have time to go into it. But it's the same language used when he, they talk about building the tabernacle. Why? Because creation, the tabernacle we just read about in Exodus that God said to build, according to the pattern I'll show you, is a flashback to the creation of the heavens and the earth. The creation of the heavens and the earth was for God to have a dwelling. A residence to live with us. The whole point, the whole purpose of all creation was to have a residence in which to live with us. And the tabernacle is a flashback to Genesis. The tabernacle is a flashback or a reflection of God's heaven and earth dwelling and his design and his intentions to dwell with his creation. Especially the pinnacle of his creation, his image bearers, you and me. Come on, tell somebody, you bear his image. Now turn to somebody else and say, he wants to live with you. The tabernacle is a flashback. Creation, again, is this overlapping, interlocking heaven and earth, heavens and earth, right? Where God dwells with his creation. And we are the part of creation he loves the most. So much. That number two, because of sin, we weren't dwelling correctly with him. The tabernacle is a foreshadow of guess who. The tabernacle is a flashback of God's original plan, intention, and design to dwell with us in creation. But because we sinned and we got separated from him, the tabernacle was also a foreshadow 
of Jesus. Very good. A foreshadow. Get this. I want you to see this like you're watching a movie, okay? Or a saga. When we see Exodus, the tabernacle, the those that understood what God was saying in their language would have had a flashback of Genesis 1. Oh, this is kind of like the heavens and the earth dwelling, where heaven and earth meet, okay? But it was a foreshadowing of God reinvading, of heaven reinvading the earth. Of God bringing heaven and earth back together through whom? That's right. John 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. Or the word, or, or the word, yeah, in the beginning, the word was, right? Or the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was, the word was God. He existed with God, in the beginning with God. God created everything through Whoa. In the beginning, heavens and the earth, everything was created through, well, through him. We haven't gotten to him yet, but through him, it says, the word, this one who's called the word of God, right? The everlasting expression of God, okay? Everything was created through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone, right? Life and light. Let's go down to verse 14. It says, so the word became human, which literally means this, the word, now can you see your word? But is it very real? Can you see it? No. Literally, this says the word took on skin, took on flesh. The word of God incarnated, became human. <laughs> Jesus was fully human, but before that, he was the ever-living word of God. He became human. He took on. The, another um, uh, scripture says he appeared in human form. He came. He, the word of God became flesh or human. And then it says, and he made his home. Let's go to the next verse. Literally, this is a verb. And it means that he tabernacled. Among us. It's the word for tabernacle. God took on flesh to tabernacle, to camp out with us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That's what you get when you get in his tent. Unfailing love and faithfulness. I don't know who you live with and who lives with you, but that's the one I live with. I live in his tent. Unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Wow. God 
the creator of the heavens and the earth, the dwelling where he wants to live with us, right? He himself invaded and reconnected and interlocked again heaven and earth. He took on our earthly flesh and made his home among us. His very body became the tabernacle. Jesus was a living, breathing, walking tabernacle. A place, the place where heaven and earth are connected. That's our Jesus. He didn't just come from heaven into the earth. He connected heaven with the earth in a physical body. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope for my physical body. We can experience God here and now in this physical body because Jesus forever and permanently connected with his body, heaven and earth. And when he went to the cross, he got rid. He took on our sin and got rid of that that which separated us from heaven, right? That which separated us from living and dwelling with God in relationship with him. He took sin upon his tabernacle, upon his body. And when he did, when he died, he canceled the power of sin. And when he rose from the grave, he completely defeated the power of sin. And now we're forgiven. We are pardoned. There's no more separation between heaven and earth. There's no more separation between God's space and my space. There's no more separation between God and you unless you hold on to sin. If you refuse to repent of sin, then you'll be carrying around that thing which separates you from God. But the good news is God already took care of it. You don't have to carry it any longer. Jesus himself, God the creator, took on flesh. He made his home. He pitched his tent in our midst and he dwelt among us so that we could forever dwell with him. And thank you, Jesus, that that very same body that died on the cross, this has been a theme lately since Easter, right? His very same body which died on the cross that body physically rose and his physical body ascended back into the heavens. Whoa! So Jesus is the king of kings and his physical body is also in the heavens. There's this, the line has been erased. That's why he had a heavenly body. It was a body, but... The, 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 the separation from heaven had, it was gone. And that's what's going to happen to us. They got it on the back row. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, we couldn't come back to God because of our separation, because of sin. So he closed the gap and he bridged the great divide. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What great news. But let me tell you what else. Jesus Christ is the true tabernacle. And also, his church is now 
the tabernacle. But because, because his physical body has ascended back into the heavens and he now reigns as king of kings and lord of lords. He is king of all creation. He is reigning as king of kings, right? And we are his body and the earth. Now, I'm going to repeat. We're not, we don't have it on the screen, so jot this down. But I read to you two Sundays in a row, Ephesians 2, okay? Some of you may remember what it said. Now we, his body, can we, can we, can we remember? God's family together, right? All of God's family together says we're his house now. Carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. This dwelling where God lives by his spirit. The tabernacle was a flashback of God's original intentions for creation, which, by the way, will come to pass. It was also a foreshadowing of Jesus and his church. Now, that's not in your notes. You probably want to jot that down. Jesus Christ is the true tabernacle, and now we are his body. We are the connection. We are the connection. The line has been erased because Christ lives in us, and the Holy Spirit is in us and with us and upon us. We are the connection, the heaven and earth connection. Look at me. The earth needs you. The earth needs us. Because those who are still disconnected from God, from heaven, because of sin, need to be reconnected. Come on, somebody. And Jesus has already done his part. Now we are his body. We are his tabernacle. We are the way people get connected back to him. Jesus Christ is the true tabernacle, and now we are that representative tabernacle. The tabernacle in Exodus and throughout the Old Testament, which eventually became the temple, right? First it was a, a moving tabernacle, then it became a temple, and then it became another temple. <laughs> okay? That all of that is a flashback to God's original design and intention to dwell with us in creation. The heavens and the earth are his tabernacle. Come on. The whole heavens and the earth are his tabernacle. Yes? Jesus Christ, the tabernacle was a foreshadow of God reconnecting heaven and earth to dwell with us. Jesus Christ and now we, his body, his people, his church, are the tabernacle. And finally, the finale, pun intended, right? It's also the finale. The tabernacle is just an earthly pattern. That's why God said be very careful to follow it. It's just a, an earthly pattern of God's eternal Intention and design to dwell with people, with us. The forever perfectly connected heaven and earth. Hebrews 8 starts with 
one of my favorite phrases in the Bible. Here's the main point. <laughs> How many of you know, not, 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 it doesn't say that much in the Bible, right? You really have to dig. It's not that it's hard, but you have to get into it. Not many verses say, here's the main point. Okay, but here's the main point. <laughs> we have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must take an, uh, t- make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest since they're already priests who offer the gifts required by the law. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. In heaven, a faraway place where we're going to go when we die? The heaven where God is now. <laughs> this is happening now. Okay? For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I've shown you here on the mountain. See, the tabernacle not only reflects and flashes back to the creation, not only gives us a foreshadowing of Jesus, but the tabernacle also points us to God's finale. Okay? The final, redeemed, restored Renewed creation. Maybe you've been taught. And I know I keep hitting this point again and again. Because we need to relearn what we've been mistaught. Okay? We've listened to what people teach and not compared it with the Bible. So sometimes our our thinking gets a little stinking, right? Okay? Okay? If you have been taught that the day is coming when all of God's good creation is going to be destroyed, you've been taught wrong. That is not what the Bible teaches. Creation is going to be renewed. God's going to have his way. Genesis 1 is going to, that was the plan and it's still the plan. Heavens and earth and people made in his image and everything else. He called it good. And Jesus came to rescue and renew the creation. But we have to understand that when Jesus returns, it's going to be completely, perfectly fulfilled. Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And again, and that imagery is not destroyed. Okay? The sea was also gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them.
what we see in creation and what we see fulfilled in, in Christ coming and dwelling among us. Listen. In the, in the end, the grand finale is that his story, the plan all along, is going to happen. He's going to live with us. And we're going to be with him. Don't, don't take, don't just hear that and go, oh yeah, that's a nice phrase. He's going to live with, he's going to be in our tent. More like we're going to be in his <laughs> The heavens and the earth that he made specifically to dwell with us in. The whole reason creation exists, remember? That's going to happen. It's going to have to be renewed. But the good news is Jesus came already and already began the process of renewal. He took care of the separation. So now heaven and earth are connected. And now if you are one of his, anybody one of his? We are, the Bible says, until he humbles all things under his feet, right? We are that dwelling that connection in the earth I think sometimes we 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 forget and we come and we we worship or we pray and we think we're like I, I don't know like somehow getting it up there But listen it's not up there it's right here we're, we are, if you are in Christ, if you have repented of your sins, you've been born again. Jesus said, listen, he didn't say you have to be born again to go to heaven. He said you have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. That's right now. You, if you are in Christ, you are right now connected to heaven. And this is going to continue until we know all the nations hear this message of good news. And then he will come again. And all of creation will be renewed. Heaven and earth forever, perfectly interlocked, connected. God will live with us and we will live with him.
you could say the tabernacle is the whole Bible story. <laughs> it's, the, it's the point. Now look at me. Mo normally, you live with somebody because you love them, right? For the most part. If not, we get rid of them. <laughs> I mean, but I, I just, it blows my mind. It, it blows up my heart to think that Almighty God made this whole creation to live with me and you. What amazing love. What creative love. What redeeming, restorative love God has. From beginning to end, the story is the story of God dwelling with people. That's the tabernacle. When Jesus returns and the dead are raised to glorious new bodies, the whole creation will be renewed according to God's original plan. Heaven and earth perfectly and forever connected. He'll live with us and we'll be with him forever and ever. The new creation is God's forever tabernacle. Tabernacle is a flashback to God's original plan for creation. The tabernacle is a foreshadow of Jesus Christ and now his church, his dwelling on earth. And the tabernacle is the forever finale. It's new creation. It's God's plan to live among us. That's why you keep hearing him say over and over again throughout the Bible, I will be their God and they will be my people. ultimately expressed through Jesus coming and tabernacling with us. He's the only way to the Father. And before I pray for others today, I want to make sure of this. Are you at home with God? Is God at home with you? The only way to the Father is Jesus. <laughs> He's gone and prepared a place for us. And he said, you know where I'm going and you know the way. I am the way. <laughs> I'm going to the Father and I am the way. Are you at home with God? Is he at home with you? Have you been born again? Have you entered into his kingdom? Are you living in a relationship where God is with you and you're with him? Not in theory, but are you really with him? Is he your home? If you've never 
put your faith in Jesus the way, if you've never come home to God's house, you can right now through Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's the house and he's the way in. He's the way, he's the door, he's the house, he's everything. It's Jesus. If maybe at one point in your life you said yes to Jesus, but you are not at home with God right now. He is not at home with you. Maybe you've been backslidden. Right now you can come home. You can be at home with him. He wants to be at home with you. But you need to turn away from your sin. And you need to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord. Does anybody need to make that decision today? And I'm not doing this to put you on the spot. I'm doing this to help you out. Jesus said, the word says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Does anybody need to confess Jesus as your Lord today? Come on, is that anybody? Would you, if that's you, would you just wave at me? I'm not going to make you close your eyes or anything. Just listen. We're in family today, right? Does anybody need to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time? Or if you've been backslidden and you need to come home, anybody? Well, that tells me something. First of all, good, I'm glad. (laughs) All of you are at home with God and He's at home with you. Or... You just haven't made that decision yet. I urge you, if you haven't, make it today. But the most likely scenario is the scenario of most churches. And that is we're here this morning because we are at home with God. And God is at home with us. And we have decided to follow Jesus. So this second call today is a challenge to understand that Jesus lives in you by his spirit. You're his tabernacle. You're a connection between heaven and earth. And he's given us his spirit to be the witnesses of this kingdom, of this reality. Your life is meant to be a connection for others. Listen to me. I'm not talking about what we typically say when we say soul winning. I'm not saying that to say your whole purpose is to get out there and get people to pray a prayer and accept Jesus. No. I mean, that could be part of it. But your whole purpose in the earth and mine is to be a connection for others that have not yet been connected, that have not yet come back in to the reality of God living with them.
We have the Holy Spirit not only to have an experience with God. But to be that connection to bring others into an experience with God. God has made his home with us, Jesus said. If you love me, obey my commands. I'll send you another helper. He'll be with you forever. Jesus also said, my father and I will make our home with them. And God has given us his spirit. He's made his home in us. And our purpose is to bring other people home to him. Everywhere you go, with everyone you interact, you are his, I know, I'm done with the message. This is just, I feel this is so important for us as a church. Jesus said, Father, just as you sent me, now I'm sending them. That doesn't just mean go and preach. Yes, <laughs> that's part of it. But it's more than that. We are the living, breathing home of God among people. And it's not for people to admire. Wow, God is with them. The purpose is for us to say, come, you too, be with him. To help connect other people. Where is temple? Where is tabernacle? I could just sense in my body, in my hands, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God. And I feel like what the Lord is saying is, I'm going to put my glory, my anointing on those who give their lives, who live their lives, to be my witnesses, to connect others with me, to bring others to me, to bring others home. If you want that, I just want to open the altar right now. Like I said, I just, I could feel the anointing and I, I don't want to, I don't want to pass this moment.
Your glory is here, Lord. We can sense it. You're at home with us. You're at home with us. Jesus. If you say that, I want to live my life. It's his body. I want to live my life. I want to give my life to connect others to heaven. Maybe you can just stand and raise your hands. His glory is here. His glory is in the room. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, how we love you, how we love your anointing. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Holy Spirit. Foretaste of heaven, your word says, Lord. The foretaste of the future reality. A foretaste of heavenly glory. It's you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) How amazing that you're with us. How amazing that we're with you. How amazing that you're inside of us. You place your presence and your glory in us and on us. Oh, Lord. We want to be Spirit is saying that some of you are going to begin to see your life totally differently from this day forward. Embrace that. (sighs) Jesus. Next time you encounter your neighbor taking a walk, (laughs) you're the connection between heaven and earth. Next time you order food at a restaurant, you're the connection for that server of heaven and earth. Next time you order your coffee, you're heaven and earth connection for that barista. Next time. You drop your kids off at school and you interact with those other parents, you are the heaven and earth connection by the Holy Spirit, the tabernacle, His dwelling. Next time you sit in that barber's chair, you pay for your groceries next time you're in a meeting at work you're a heaven and earth connection Holy Spirit renew our minds 
Help us to see our lives differently. Help us to see our lives according to your purpose. And I ask today for everyone in the room, Lord. Oh, you said, Jesus, the Holy Spirit would come on us. And you would make us your witnesses everywhere we go, telling people about Jesus everywhere we go. I pray that everywhere we go, heaven, invade the earth through us. Come on, church, if you want that to be your reality, pray that today over your life. Invade the earth through me. Jesus, who lives in me by your spirit, invade the earth through me. Invade my family through me. Invade my community through me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. May heaven come to the earth through me, Jesus. Use me, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.